Welcome to the Dover Download Podcast, your weekly look at what's going on in Dover, what's going in in Dover, and all things Dover-related. My name is Chris Parker, and I'm the Deputy City Manager here in Dover, and I'm going to walk you through all of that, plus more. You might have heard about a little project we have going on here in the city of Dover called the Waterfront. It's a brand new project, never been discussed before, certainly not over the past 40 years, and certainly not the uh, target of our first episode here of the Dover Download Podcast. Today, we're going to get an update on that project with Project Manager Steve Bird, who I should say outgoing Project Manager Steve Bird, because congratulations on his retirement. And also, Jeff Johnston, representing the development team, is here with us as well. Gentlemen, welcome. Good to be here. Thanks, Thanks for having us. us. So, Jeff, if you want to start us off by letting the listener know a little bit about you and your, your development team, uh, who they are, and, and what, what you might bring to the table from an experience standpoint. Sure. Thanks. Cathartis is a 30-year-old investment and development company. Uh, in the last 20 years or so, we've been focused kind of on the seacoast in Portsmouth, and our most recent development is in Orpheum, which is in downtown Dover that we worked uh, collaboratively with the city on and has been a a great success. Personally, uh, UNH graduate. My first experience was, uh, my first job was as an intern and then later worked for Jean Kane when she started the Kane Company back in, uh, gosh, 1989, 1988. And Sorry Mill. So I have a kind of a long history with Dover in the area. And when we started the permitting and the process of building Orpheum, we got really excited about all the work that the Quiddick had done and the city with the master planning down on the waterfront site and responded to the RFP. And we're pretty excited to see that the groundbreaking is coming up here with Northeast and we're in a position where we can kind of have a line of sight to the construction kickoff. Great, great. Now, Steve, I, I jokingly said that this is a brand new project that's never existed before, but you and I both know that it predates us in a lot of ways. And you and I have been with the city for a number of years. Can you give us a little bit a little bit, not 20 minutes worth, a, uh, a good synopsis of some background and how we got Jeff and his team on board as our partners? I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Here. Perfect. So personally, I've been working on the waterfront project for almost 20 years now. And you know, the city's been master planning the site for a number of years. It comes up quite a bit in terms of all the old master plan documents in terms of, you know, wanting to see that site redeveloped. It's been a city-owned property for many years, and it has uh, quite a history. It used to be um, the site of the city's first wastewater treatment plant. It also contained the public works garage before that was moved over to Mass Road. And uh, it also uh, was, a, was a place where uh, they, they parked all the school buses a, a few years ago. So over the last 10 or 12 years, the city's really been working hard to get the site cleaned up, remove all of those uh, older facilities and prepare the site for redevelopment. And um, you know, one of the first things that we did was um, we did a request for proposals um, seeking a development partner. And uh, that was a pretty long and lengthy detailed process. And uh, we couldn't be more pleased with the, the results, uh, having Jeff and his team on board moving forward. You know, more recently, we've been involved in quite a bit of um, planning and permitting uh, stage of the project. As you might imagine, there's there's lots of permitting required to redevelop the site. It's, it's right on the Kachiko River. And um, so there are quite a, a few environmental permits from both the state 
and the federal government. Pleased to report that all those permits have, are in hand and have been obtained. Also, in the, on the planning design uh, side of things, we ha- hired a team of consultants to help the Waterfront Committee you know, kind of design their vision of what they wanted to see on the site. And it's basically, uh, to summarize, it's a mixed-use development with a, a mix of commercial and residential development. And one of the keystone features is uh, a public park uh, that's uh, 4.3 acres along the uh, entire riverfront. And that'll be, uh, I think, kind of a, a key component of the whole site. It'll allow public access to the river. And associated with that are, you know, in terms of the planning process, we, we've gone through the planning board approval process. And that's that. Uh, those approvals have been obtained. So as you said, we're, we're into the... Um, switching from a planning project to a construction project to move forward here. So. so, Jeff, as we exit the planning process, I've got to think it's going to be a unique experience for you. I can't think of, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I can't think that it's uh, a typical process where you have to work with a public board, not necessarily for the entitlement, but in the visioning and the, the planning per se. You know, you, you are a partner in that conversation, but you are working with not only Steve and, and the staff team, but effectively a, a 14, 15 member board that is giving you feedback along the way, reviewing your re- response to the request for proposals. That's unique, I assume. Yeah, I think it's, you know, we've seen boards, we've seen historic districts, we've been in front of boards that are, are outside of planning and technical, but it, it is unique in the fact that there was so much history on this site. You know, the, the Quiddick members going back to, to Jack and, and Dana, that they have been working on this site for, I, I, gosh, I think it's 20 odd years. So it, it was a collaboration where we, we kind of brought their vision to light. A lot of the plans, we, you know, we're in the residential business. We kind of understand what our residents and our guests, what they like to see. And the river is a great amenity. And we're super excited about this park creating, you know, what we like to call or what we've heard of our third spaces outside of, uh, outside of work, outside of your office, where you can meet and interact with your, with your, uh, with the community and with with other people, and that's what this park does. And I and I think the connection into Henry Law Park, and this was all things that were planned before we came. So we, you know, I like to say we just we just can't screw it up. You know, the city has got a, an unbe- unbelievable site here, and so we're trying to kind of build on the work that was done before by the residents and, and the boards here. So you know, from my perspective, and and I kind of feel like an outsider in the sense that Steve was doing so much of the direct handholding of the process and working the ateliers between you and Quiddick. So from my perspective, one of the things that I find interesting is we go through this community effort to vision the site. And then it was almost like a truthing out, ground truthing, to go through the site planning exercise with you, where you're taking and saying, as much of this vision and I'm putting words in your mouth, so correct me, but we're putting as much of this vision as we can into reality. But there's certain elements that come forward and you're like, I'd love to do that, but we don't have enough depth to go to go that deep for underground parking per se, or the environmental constraints are X and Y, and we can get around some of them, but we can't deal with all of them. So you have this exercise where it's not necessarily right-sizing the expectations, but it's saying, as much of the vision as we can put into place, we're going to. But the reality is there are some some holdbacks that ultimately, through that give-take with Quiddick, yourself, and staff, you come up with the best project because it is really a, a communal effort to put that together. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's always a compromise. I think that our Quiddick's interest in creating 
a retail active street down there. And the benefit that we had with Rob from our team and Embark, who has a longstanding relationship on the architectural side that did Orpheum, and they really tried to create this kind of moment as you walk down the street where, you know, our, our vision, our wish would be, we hope we have the coffee operator, local coffee operator. We have, you know, so there's something going on in the morning and then there's a, a lunch operator and a dinner operator. So someone could, you know, come out of the park and grab an ice cream or or whatever that that is going to be. So yeah, I, I guess I would say that it's always working together, but the fact that the bones in Dover are so good with the existing river mills and, and residential that exists, we just have to build upon that. And um, we're, we're, we're pretty excited to see it come to play. So speaking of building upon things, Steve, what are the first steps we should expect the construction efforts to look like? In terms of this project moving forward, we've had the um, city council approve the award of bid to Northeast Earth. Uh, uh, that, that occurred in April. Uh, we've had a pre-construction uh, meeting with the uh, selected contractor. And uh, now, that, now that we're at the um, groundbreaking ceremony um, time, um, then I think the average citizen will really see this project move forward with uh, pieces of uh, heavy construction equipment on the site. And, you know, the construction really is the first uh, step in terms of transforming the site from a past municipal site to a, a future mixed-use development site that uh, everyone uh, is looking forward to see down there. So. so Jeff mentioned the park and the amenity, as you did, Steve, that it's a component that I think we're all looking forward to seeing. Steve, can you run us through, I know there's a separate subcommittee of Quiddick looking at the park layout and design, and they worked previously with our engineer as well as Ty and Bond, Jeff's engineer, to, to fit that on the public improvements plan and, and the site plan. What sort of elements can someone anticipate being part of that that park amenity? Sure. So um, it's a 4.3-acre uh, parcel that runs... Uh, the entire length of the river um, on this parcel. And the elements include many areas where the you visiting the park could sit down on a bench and enjoy a view of the river. There are um, in, envisioned to be not only the existing paddle sports dock that uh, is there today, but uh, we're also uh, building a, a second dock that is designed for uh, more uh, motorboat type vessels that could come tie up on the site on that dock and then access the site. There's also uh, some steps down to the river uh, to allow more access to the river. That was really a big component of the, of the design was give the average citizen access to the river that they don't have today and m make the site more accessible. There's a series of walking paths. Uh, there's a nature path and, and one of the central features is a plaza area right near where the boat docks are going to be. And that that area would be available for public events, you know, whether it be an art show or a small musician playing, uh, some sort of mini concert kind of things. Uh, that would all happen in that plaza area. And, and one of the components of the plaza is a park pavilion building, which right now is uh, undergoing uh, design. We've hired an architect to work with the subcommittee on uh, designing the building. And, and uh, thus the uh, committee has seen several iterations of design on the building itself. And so uh, there'll be uh, chances for some public input on, on uh, the final 
you know, color scheme and design elements of that building. So that, that'll be a, a place that uh, kind of the center of the park where people can come visit, have a picnic, you know, have a, a family reunion there or something like that. And it'll be right on the river. You'll have great views both up and down the river. And uh, we, we th- kind of think it's a central location where, where citizens really get to enjoy the river from various standpoints. Um, there's there's going to be benches and swings and things of that nature that'll that will really give the uh, the average citizen a, a chance to enjoy the river, walk your dog, take a hike. Not only will it serve uh, the the folks that are going to be living in the in the residential units that are adjacent, uh, but it'll also be available for you know, every citizen to come down. And it, it's it's really meant to tie uh, this development into the uh, the rest of the downtown. That was one of the goals of the committee was to uh, make sure that this was not some standalone development and that was integrated into the downtown that already is exists and is already thriving. And this is this is just an added component to that. And you know, access over the Macon Bridge is obviously uh, very pedestrian friendly, and this whole site is designed to be pedestrian friendly, both in the park and in and in the street system, so. Jeff, building off the the foundation that Steve just talked about, the roadway network, the utilities, et cetera, you have your private development. And that, if I remember correctly, has about 420 residential units and approximately 20,000 square feet of commercial space. My experience is that that does not pop up overnight, especially with the degree of character and care that you put into your buildings. Do you see this as a five-year project, a 10-year project? I know you can't look ahead to the future and, and uh, predict markets, but I also know that you have in mind what you'd like to see as a potential uh, timeline. Do you, do you see this, uh, do you see an end date in your mind? Well, initially it was contemplated to be over 10 years, but I would say that we would build it as fast as the market would absorb it. I, I think if anything, we've proven, uh, we absorbed the 130-unit Orpheum building in around six or seven months. I think Dover has benefited from this work from home, work from anywhere, because it's got such great amenities, but you don't have to go in the office two or three days a week. And with the train to Boston, I think that, you know, we decided early on that we would shrink the phases down, I think from four to three, uh, and add a for sale and for rent component to that. So I think the first phase is just about 200 units. And so, you know, we will start planning the next phase as we get out of the ground with it. I mean, obviously, our bank and folks that we do business with will want to know that the first phase is su- right. successful to go to the next phase. But we're, we are very optimistic that it can go as fast as the market can. And, and we're pretty excited about the for sale component. Uh, Rob and I, uh, the project manager on this, we walked out on the paddle dock and I would, I would uh, say to anybody that's listening to this, if you haven't walked out there and looked down the views down the Kachiko, they are just fantastic. And so the opportunity to kind of look down the Kachiko and build up on that for the for sale building, we want to get going on that very quickly after the after the rental piece. And I just wanted to quickly build on what Steve said about the park. What's unique to Dover here is that you get to kind of add on to extend the downtown. So you have an awesome infrastructure in the Henry Law Park and you get to take this new four acre to make the whole thing feel bigger. So what an, what a great opportunity for the community to have so much space on the water and bring that back to the public. It's just, it's very unique and, uh, and, and obviously really attracted us to the site. One of the things that I wanna end with uh, is sort of talking about the partnership that we've developed over the past five, six years now. It really is, I, I say five or six, cause that's about the waterfront partnership. But you know, I remember very similar to your, your memory, which is always good. <laughs> 
of the Orpheum experience, that it was a very clear, let's work together and resolve some of the outstanding elements. Uh, that was not the easiest site to develop, both from a, a community standpoint of we want it redeveloped, but also from your standpoint of there were some issues uh, soil-wise, etc. I like to say that Dover is built on wetlands, clay, and ledge. So you got to experience, I think, almost all of that yeah. in that project. So that relationship, I think, was a great jumping off point and I, I can't stress enough to the the listener and to those of us at the table that I don't think we'd be here if we didn't have willing parties. And on our side, part of that willing party is the policymakers, the council, the planning board, et cetera, who saw the value in saying, you know what, this site needs to get developed. In order to do that, we have to be partners. We have to come up with a way to reduce your barrier to entry, but not hamstring the public. And so the, the development agreement that we've negotiated and that has recently been uh, amended, I think really shows that commitment to collaboration. And I think that at the end of the day, whether it's this recent groundbreaking that we're having or a ribbon cutting when you open the buildings or the issuance of the last CO at the end of the day, we all, meaning the community, meaning staff, meaning the developer, should be proud of this accomplishment because there's so much of all three of those elements in this project. Yeah, I mean, we had the benefit back on Orpheum because it needed some road reconfiguration and a land swap. You know, I, I feel like the relationships we built with the planning department with Chris with Steve, with Donna, and then being able to execute and show what we could do or what our team could do allowed us to really use some of those, that trust and those relationships to go out and, and do the waterfront. You know, this is a, a great milestone. All, all the policy that the tax increment financing, the TIF district to put in there for the city to get to a point where they can get all this infrastructure and basically get it built on the taxes that will be generated from the development, I think is a win-win. And we've been here for, you know, seven or eight years from the first time we walked the, the Orpheum site with Stan Robbins. And, and now we're, you know, excited to, to get on to our next project. So we'll end with uh, if, if each of you could come up with one or two things that maybe someone can't envision now when they look at the site as it is that you are excited to see there at the end of the day the uh, an element of the development whether it's uh, and don't go to the park because you've both already been there uh, but an element that you're looking forward to seeing a few years from now when we are looking back and saying look what we accomplished what what are some elements of that project that you're going to look back and say i'm glad we included that element or that that's a keystone feature yeah, I'll I'll jump in first. I, I'm looking forward to the transformation of a of a frankly underused, uh, in some cases misused site to a a site that everybody in the city could be proud of. And you, you're going to see brand new buildings there that are going to be very attractive. And I think it's going to spur development in the downtown area, especially right across the river. You know, who can blame those landowners for want, not wanting to move forward with redevelopment of their site? when they look across the river and, you know, the view isn't great today, but in five years, the view is going to be awesome and they're going to want to uh, jump on board. I think it's going to spur development in the downtown area. And as everybody knows, there's, there's a shortage of housing in the seacoast area. And, and, uh, you know, these housing units that are come online, I think are going to be very attractive. And so I'm just looking forward to the before and after pictures, if you will, of the site. So, you know, that's, that's something that's, I think this, you know, the city's going to be very, look back on it and say, I'm really glad that we went through this process, even though it was a long and sometimes painful process, but we got to the point where 
you know, we're now going to have this groundbreaking and you know, that's going to kick off the whole development and looking forward to that. You know, I, I think of it from kind of a pedestrian scale where when you can walk down the sidewalk kind of on a new sidewalk with a car park next to you with a building where it's 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 a safe, great pedestrian experience where uh, we spent a lot of time with Quiddick designing in between the two buildings, the first two buildings we're going to build, hoping to bring some of those great granite blocks that are existing on the site. I think Steve and I are going to fight over those between the public park and on the private site. But um, in having just areas that that folks can hang out and, and enjoy the development, I, I would also say that when you get up on the hill behind it and you look back at the city, the views are just outstanding. Looking at the two steeples from the church and those aren't views that you really see right now. It's going to be, I think, a real opportunity and a real eye-opening to build this new street grid and, and get these buildings going. It's it's uh, it's an extension of, of an already great city, but um, it's so it's like right there and, and with this groundbreaking, you, you know, you, you start to, what do they say, you start to taste it. So it's it's getting the getting exciting. So mine is... I think that we have not publicized enough the resilient aspect of it. And I think there's a real blend here of modern development in the sense that we're bringing clearly modern structures that are going to evolve the downtown, but they are also taking into mind the environmental constraints, not just potential wetlands, but the shoreland stabilization element, the six-foot sea level rise element, that's modern thinking, that's resilient thinking, that's forward thinking, which I think is exactly what this community is known for and should be known for, is saying, we understand our past and we want to preserve that heritage, but we're forward thinking. We're thinking about the next steps and we're embracing, not running away from a floodplain storage area, sea level rise, all of these other elements that I think have been baseline elements that we've always included in the site plan aspect of it. But I don't know that we've touted our own horn about it enough. I think that's a, a big element here to be aware of. I agree. So that said, I appreciate you both coming in and participating today. Steve, I'm going to not mention how many times I don't want you to retire any again. Uh, but congratulations again on uh, fulfilling this dream of getting the, the ground broken on this project and being part of that. Jeff, as I've said before earlier on this podcast and in general, your partnership with the city has certainly been appreciated. And I think that we are a team together and uh, look forward to being at multiple events with you in the future to celebrate that success. Thank you. Yeah, same. Thank sure. you. Good luck, Steve. And I think the the, all the time and effort the Dover community with Quiddick and the boards and the staff and the city council have really made this happen. So we appreciate everybody's time. With almost 400 years of history, Dover's got a lot to tell. Up next, Mike Gillis is going to walk us through what happened this week. This week, we continue our look back 100 years to 1923, the year Dover was celebrating its 300th anniversary. As we celebrate our 400th anniversary this year, We'll continue to revisit Dover 100 years ago for This Week in Dover History through July 4th. Arranging for a caterer for a large event in 1923 could be difficult, but for those lucky enough to hire Dover caterer Roscoe Simpson, they knew they were in for a treat. Simpson was well known for his catered clam bakes and, as a result, was in significant demand. This week, in 1923, Simpson shared with a local paper that his summer was already booked. Coming up were clam bakes in Exeter, Haverhill, Massachusetts, and Rye for the 250 employees of Hampton Light and Power. 
The day after the clambake in Rye, Simpson had already been tapped for a large clambake for recent graduates of MIT and their families on the farm and estate of E.W. Rollins in Dover. Shortly after his catered clambake at the Rollins estate, he was hired to serve more than 200 guests from a, quote, elaborate menu for a St. John the Baptist Society event in Summersworth. And, coming up on Independence Day, 1923, Simpson had been hired to serve his famous, quote, sure dinner for more than 100 guests at Hillside Farm in Dover. The Hillside Farm at the time was a popular resort that overlooked the Piscataqua River and offered boating, bathing, fishing, and a variety of games, as well as fresh food from the farm. Roscoe Simpson's catering business would continue to grow and thrive for years. He would later expand his business on his family's land in Madbury in what would be called the Simpson Pavilion. His clambakes would continue to be renowned across the region, and he would continue to be in demand, as he was in 1926, when he and his staff served more than 250 people at Bow Lake and Stratford during a joint outing of Elks Lodges from the area. Thanks for listening to the Dover Download this week. If you like what you heard, subscribe through your favorite podcast aggregator. And if you have something you want to hear a topic on, let us know. Finally, this is just one of the many ways we share information about the city of Dover. You can subscribe to the Dover Downloads email newsletter every week or other newsletters that we have by going to the City of Dover homepage, www.dover.nh.gov. Have a great week. Yeah.